Hello and welcome back to Let's Face Reality with Bravo. Summer House is finally here and we've all been waiting for this season. We've all been waiting to see how Carl and Lindsay's demise really came to fruition, I guess. Not even really, but honestly how it happened. We all kind of felt it wasn't going to last only because we've seen past seasons of Carl and Lindsay's relationship unfold and... I just don't feel, I've seen it from the beginning, what they want in life and how their lives are, it's not aligned. Lindsay's personality needs a very, very aggressive, strong leader type of man because I feel like when Lindsay's in her masculinity and trying to be the one who's telling Carl how he should be, what type of job he needs to work, how to be the provider, all this stuff, it turns Carl into a shell of himself and it makes Carl, I guess, not feel as confident, not want to do better, makes him slack off. He needs a woman who expects less of him, someone who doesn't want him to push himself as hard at work, one who I guess is okay with just how he is right now. Lindsay wants to improve Carl, but Carl wants to stay as he is. Do you guys agree with that? Maybe that's just me who thinks that. But I did want to talk about Love is Blind a little bit. So I'll have it in the show notes. We'll just discuss it at the very end of Summer House. So you could check there and I will have the timestamps up for you guys. So let's get into this episode. It's the season premiere of Summer House Season 8, Episode 1, Declaration of Codependence. And they're all back. It's time and we start with this intense music where all we hear is Lindsay asking Carl, what do you want from me? And Carl goes... I'm not happy and I don't think you're happy. And then Carl just tells Lindsay that she's very gifted at playing victim, which that actually really bothered me because I personally don't think Lindsay's that way. I feel like Lindsay usually fights her battles just fine. She never really acts like she's the one who's always being terrorized. You know, I mean, I love Lindsay, okay? I'm a, by the way, just because I love Lindsay, I'm not that person that sides with either or. I love both of them because they both bring something different to the show. And... I'm just a girl's girl, okay? I I love, like, I don't know. For me, if there's anyone I don't like, it's kind of Samantha last season. I didn't like Maya. But uh, let's continue. So she then goes, she calls her dad straight away, which I don't blame her. And Carl just thought that she would apparently react differently. He acts like she's going to spin this, which I do believe Lindsay maybe doesn't want to take accountability on on how aggressive her demeanor is towards Carl when it comes to, I guess, him having to get a job and being stable and provide for her. And I think that stresses Carl out and it makes him feel like he can't do that or he's failing financially. And I think it's just making Carl very insecure, like I've said, in their relationship, which is why he decided to end things. But we have Danielle picking up Sierra and Paige and she's turning into a one-way street in New York City. She's so lucky there was no police officers around or a cop just standing around to give her a ticket. But, you know, we get Danielle talking about spending the weekends at Montauk and how it's hookup central lately. So we learned that Robert already has a new girlfriend, not just has a girlfriend. They are living together, which the way that Danielle was saying it insinuates that he had been cheating on her the final months of their relationship because that's when she started seeing him less. He changed up with her. It just wasn't the same. And so Gabby's back and she is so refreshing to me. Her entire aura is really cute and I just everything about her I love. I'm really glad that they went the Gabby route instead of Maya. But Kyle and Amanda are picking up the new guy and his name is West. 
He's very handsome, very charming. He is short, but I mean, his personality makes up for it a lot, which he seems to acknowledge that. And that is why he's very bubbly and out there and easy to talk to. So I think this season, personally, they did a great job on the men. Production, you guys get a pat on the back because even if they end up not dating anyone or whatever. They are beautiful to watch on my screen. I They seem like the type that are that's going to bring us the entertainment. But I don't know. I think Summer House finally is working up to just have a good season for us. And so, you know, they met Wes through Lindsay and Carl. So they're actually more connected in the friendships than we thought. And I, I love the sound of that because I know, especially with Summer House, unlike the other shows most of the time, they really don't know who the other cast members are. They have to lie their way in and saying, oh, I knew this person because we did this together and now they're on the show. When in reality, they really didn't know each other until they were going to start filming. But it seems like this one's kind of, it seems like they actually did know him. And so West is already prepped knowing Lindsay and Carl aren't cool with everyone in the house, but he kind of just doesn't really know what to expect. But Carl and Lindsay will be missing the first entire weekend of the Hamptons, which I'm assuming is going to be the first two episodes because they're going to be in Washington, D.C. attending a, what is it, a White House party for the 4th of July instead of actually going to a 4th of July. I mean, would that even be fun? That sounds so boring to me. Going to a White House for a 4th of July party? I'd rather be on a boat, go to the lake, do that. But I don't know. It just seems like Lindsay's doing all this preparation for the wedding on her own and Carl's just doing what is that what is that workout thing that he was doing last year something bear whatever boot camp bear boot camp or I don't know I forgot the name I'm sounding dumb but yeah he's slacking off man I don't like it I'm not a fan of Carl sorry but they all arrive at the house and they move some things around they added a bar and I guess they added more rooms so everyone can actually have their own bedroom this season so they all arrive at the house and they get comfortable and they're getting to know one another. And so West is going to be cooking everyone some quesadillas. Uh, he's like, we're going to have a home cooked meal. And I just love how he's the one who's taking initiative in the kitchen. But Amanda does tell us that the reason she comes back to the Hamptons every year is to spend time with everyone but Kyle. And she acknowledges that ever since they took a pregnancy test, things have been a little worse for them. But it's also made them realize that they're not really ready to have kids. And uh, how do we feel about that? I mean, I don't blame them. You know what? I would rather them be so straight up of them thinking that they were going to have kids. And then the realization of it made them take a step back and say, okay, I think we need to reevaluate our relationship first before we go into the children making part. And they're right. So many people who either hate each other or they just want to tell people they have a family or they just want to have a family to show that they do or feel like they do. They end up being the their children end up being the ones that are worse treated. It's just a bunch of flack on flack. And I don't know. It's like, how do I, wait, I'm going to, I'm grabbing something so I can pull up a screenshot. But from my understanding here, I don't know. Okay. So when I started this episode, I was thinking that Amanda was overdoing it or overplaying her annoyance with Kyle but now I'm starting to realize as the episode was going on it may be a little worse than we thought like maybe even worse than past seasons they don't need to be screaming at each other for us to know it's not going well I feel like this bickering and the way that her and Kyle are kind of just getting annoyed of each other by just breathing kind of says a lot as to where they are so I'm, I'm glad she took that route of 
them not being ready for children. Most people don't do that. Okay, most people don't. But West is already worried about Jesse, Jesse Solomon coming, especially now knowing that, you know, I am assuming Kyle kept bringing up his height. So Paige and Gabby just start cracking jokes on West's name. And Paige goes, I feel like West Conrad Wilson signed the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> see, this is the humor that we see from Paige on Giggly Squad. And I love that production is finally leaning more into it. I mean, she's just such a humorous person and it has been missed on our screen. So Paige was even offended that Craig apparently Googled Rigatini when they were in Italy. How does he not know what it is? I've Like of all people, I would think Craig is the most house husband guy and the most knowledgeable when it comes to stuff in the kitchen, food and everything. So I was actually surprised when she said that. But we get Paige talking about their relationship and talking about their long distance, but they are in a good rhythm now. So she's made it very clear to him that she's not going to go anywhere and she wants Craig to chill out. So I, at first I was skeptical about their relationship, but after all these seasons and understanding their dynamic, this is what works for Paige. And she finally met someone who fits into her life and her schedule without her having to comply and only go where the man that she's dating is at. I mean, we've seen it when she dated Perry, she started resenting him because he only, he wanted her to constantly spend time with him 24-7. She had even missed some weekends in the Hamptons just to spend time with Perry. And on top of that, Perry wouldn't at least try to film with her or come on the show or do one weekend with her in the Hamptons. So Craig gives her that balance. And as much as a lot of us maybe don't understand it, it works for her and it works for them. And that's it. That's Like that's where we need to shut it down, okay? Because I... Bet you, if they weren't working out, I feel like Paige would kind of just be open about it. I don't really see her lasting with a guy she's not that into. Paige is young and hot right now. I feel like she would take advantage of, you know, who she is and how she looks to get the next best thing. But she's choosing to stay with Craig. So let's let's go with it. But we do find out that West's mother's an OBGYN while his father's a cattle rancher and he was a former football coach and teacher. So they talk about vaginas and cows at dinner. We love that. Oh my God, he is bringing such a different side. But they all decide which bedroom they want. And we have our bed bug page. She finally gets her own room, but not just that. She gets the master bedroom this year. So I'm hoping this is going to lead to everyone now wanting to have you know, uh, pillow talk sessions at night or be more comfortable to be around Paige in that setting without her feeling bad about, well, she doesn't even feel bad, but you know, I guess making everyone else in the house uncomfortable that she just likes to chill in her room. I mean, we end up seeing it when everyone else sits in there, but they do all decide which bathroom they want. Uh, bath. Oh my God. I put bathroom. No, but we now see Sierra of all people. She, guys, this one's cooking in the kitchen. She's never in the kitchen. She'll go there to grab a food or if they call for breakfast or if they're gossiping. But for Sierra to actually be in the kitchen cooking with West, she's clearly into him. I really hope they work out because they come off so cute. Like the way he looks at her, talks to her, really wants to get to know her. It comes off so genuine from him, which I thought I understood. Like I heard that there were speculations that Sierra is dating someone from the cast, which I hope it's him and not the Solomon guy. Solomon guy is beautiful though, but... You could just tell that man is a player. This man comes off so real and wanting to date, you know? But 
You know, Sarah's ready to date, but she admits that she's not rushing into anything. So maybe by the end of the summer, she'll be cuffed. I'm hoping. That's the vibe I'm getting. And so Paige and Amanda are just giggling at the fact that Sierra's even in the kitchen doing something. But Paige and Amanda do bring up the topic of Danielle and how when they were driving to the Hamptons, Gabby had brought up Lindsay and Carl being busy this weekend and going to D.C., to which Danielle just kind of brushed it off and said, oh, okay, cool. So it does seem like Danielle is in a better place this season. I mean, we do learn that Amanda hung out with Lindsay and Danielle at a Loverboy event, to which they were still not friends, but they were existing and being cordial. So Paige is going to go about Lindsay like she always does every season. She's going to be nice until Lindsay does something to her. But Paige, as much as I love you, you instigate a lot of things when it comes to Lindsay. And sometimes you stir the pot, not in the nicest way. So it kind of makes Lindsay go wild. And hey, we love it. I love it. But just, you know, maybe acknowledge your part in it because <laughs> you're not always nice. But Danielle claims that she got her mojo back and she wants to have fun this summer. But it kind of felt like she she said that last year, last winter, and she still went cuckoo and tried to get all, I guess, clingy and territorial over a guy who made it clear they were nothing more than friends. But, you know, I don't know. I guess I guess we're just going to have to see what it comes to at this point. But we must not understand Paige's role in this Hampton house. Or, uh, I mean, West. West ends up asking Paige to, to basically do the dishes after he's done cooking. And she looks at him like, do you know who I, have you not watched the previous seasons? Because I don't touch a single dish in this house. But I really liked how everyone else laughed it off because they were like, boy, she knows what she does and what she doesn't do in this house. <laughs> but they all end up pre-gaming. They have dinner and they go out to the carnival. But this is when we see Amanda and Kyle butting heads again. I mean, before they go out. She's rude. She's dismissive to Kyle. They're not really on the same page with things. And it seems to be annoying Kyle when Amanda's just not helping him out at work. So... See, on my second rewatch, this is what I thought. But then on my first rewatch, I had written in my notes on my phone where this is what I wrote. I said, something about the way Kyle and Amanda are fighting this season is coming off as fake to me, not not genuine at all. It's like they know they have nothing going on. So they're resorting back to the fights that they would have in their previous seasons, which would blow up. But Amanda's body language, tone, and words give me, I'm not actually mad, but I'll say these things to make it seem like I'm irritated by you. But then on my second rewatch, and then after actually watching the full episode, I've come to realize they actually are in a much worse place than they even were before they were married. And I think it's just Kyle seeing the real side of Amanda, which isn't bad. It's that Amanda isn't this outgoing, crazy, fiery girl who likes to party with him and and go out and do all these things. She's a homebody. She gets annoyed easily. She nags sometimes. She does like these little things that I feel like Kyle thought that maybe it was just a time period and it'll go away. Or maybe because he had cheated, she acted like that. Or maybe because they weren't married, uh, she was kind of constantly anxious. But now that they are married and they have dogs and they, they've been living together, he's like, wait, is this your everyday normal? Because I can't live with a negative Debbie Downer all the time. I mean, that's that's just the impression I'm getting from this. But we get to carnival night and Paige does tell Sierra that West is getting hotter the more they get to know him and the more that he talks, he actually wants to get to know Sierra. 
Actually, no, this was before they went to Carnival Night. They were in bed getting their makeup done. Yeah. So I really hope, guys, that Wes doesn't let us down because I could see him coming back for future seasons after this. But it just seems like a great and genuine time. I really like that they all indulged in this and they really went all out playing these games and they want a lot of stuffed animals. But this is when we get Amanda and Kyle going in to have a conversation now. And that's when I said I'm starting to think that maybe their arguments and bickering are a little more real than just a storyline. But I'm not sure if Kyle or Amanda are more right in fixing the marriage. At this point, I'm really thinking, I'm starting to believe they're so incompatible that it's not that they're both right and wrong. It's that they both have completely different wants and needs and they're not going to be meeting each other's because what Kyle wants and needs, Amanda doesn't want to do for him and what hers are, he doesn't really want to do for her. So I feel like that says a lot in its own. But you know, Kyle's concern is that they don't spend enough time together and he comes home from work trips and he wishes that she would maybe get excited or jump on him and kiss him up and all that stuff. And she doesn't do that. You know, she's and wow, that would really, that would really irk me. That would bother me. I would feel like my partner's not attracted to me, doesn't miss me. Or I'd feel like my partner has someone at home that he's been seeing while I'm out. That's, that's just how I, that's how I interpreted it. But You know, Amanda says that all she wants is for Kyle to be more present and to hang out with her outside of work. So she's finally accepted that about him and she doesn't really want it to change anymore because she has all this alone time for herself where she doesn't really need to be up Kyle's butt anymore. And I think Amanda's reacting to feeling rejected and unseen by her husband. So now she has this like resentment build up against him for not being aware of her needs, but he expects his needs to be met as well. Which is why I'm really confused here. But Amanda kind of seems a little checked out at times. Well, this season she seems more checked out in her marriage. But she just isn't tolerating it anymore when he he isn't compromising with her. I think that's what it's coming to. She's like, okay, you don't want to compromise with me? You're going to see a whole different side of me, Kyle. And so Sierra's on the Ferris wheel with cute little West. And it's just, I feel, the beginning of a drama. And I love the smell of it. But they get home and they line up all the stuffed animals. <laughs> Like right as they walk into the house. So let me get something that this season's first. It's a season's first. The entire cast is on the bed, laying down with the bed bugs, just gossiping. This is the coziest and a full circle moment on the show. I love this for Paige and she deserves this justice. I will give her that. I hope I hope she talks about it on her podcast, but I don't think she does because she doesn't really talk about the show on it, which honestly, I really appreciate because I feel like there's more to Paige than just Summer House. And the point of us listening to Giggly Squad is to see that other side of her. But, you know, it's the next day now. Everyone went to bed and everyone's setting up for the party. So West is actually the first one up and he's ready to make breakfast for the house. Like, could he get even get what is wrong with my roots? Could he get any better? He's already a newbie and he's out here like, let me try to impress them because I don't want these people to think I'm lame. But right as Kyle and Amanda wake up, Kyle tries to have small chatter with his wife in bed, like pillow talk, as they're both in there before they have to get up and talk to people. And she just starts her day out so negatively. I could never be around someone who sucks the life out of things. I mean, dang, Kyle is so positive, man, but... I just like I knew this would happen. You can't fully get over someone who cheated on you. And at some point it will creep up again. But she chose to quote unquote move past it in a sense by 
choosing to AK marry Kyle. Why, why did I add AK to it? But she chose to marry Kyle. When you choose to marry someone after the mistakes they've made, you getting on, in, on that altar and, you know, saying I do is you saying, I will never bring up the past again. That's it. This is a new slate. Amanda was like, I'm bringing the past with me and I'm bringing the future and I'm bringing the dogs and whatever else you did with your past relationships. And it's going to be affecting our marriage from this point on. Like, I feel like if Kyle felt in any sense that Amanda would never get over the cheating, I feel like maybe he would have never or maybe he wouldn't have married her yet. And maybe Amanda gave him a false sense of, oh, I'll be over or I'm over it. And that's what made him want to move on or move forward with the with the wedding. So, I mean, I don't know. This is very, it's very negative between them. But Sierra and Paige finally feel understood by the people in the house about their bed bug slag and just, just being themselves without worrying, I guess. And Paige just feels really comfortable, which I love. And everyone around her, is it making her feel anxious? They're not making her feel like she shouldn't be here. She doesn't belong. And she says that she finally feels comfortable enough to go down to the kitchen and the living room at any time without questioning who is even downstairs. But Amanda comes down and the first thing she does, I mean, she was already negative in the bed with Kyle. Now she comes down to spread that negativity to the rest of the house by complaining to everyone about Kyle right in front of him while he's just drinking his coffee. He even brought up Amanda not spending time with him. So he kind of... Like, I feel like she kind of just belittles his concerns and then jokes about it with everyone else and makes him feel like he shouldn't feel that way. So Amanda's in the wrong here, in my opinion, especially with her communication style and her tone of voice. I feel like if she fixed that, then maybe Kyle would feel like he can be around her more without her flipping out on him after any single thing he does. I feel like he breathes at this point. Amanda was like, stop it, Kyle. Ugh, are you doing that, Kyle? I don't know. And Amanda just tells Kyle, let's see how many people you talk to today other than me. And they're both just, they're not trying with each other. It seems like they both don't want to put in any effort at all to change the state of their marriage. But, you know, Gabby comes in and tells everyone that she brought a surprise. And that surprise is a mechanical shark. But like, how does that work? Can you ride it in the water? Or does it just move around? I don't know. But we have Paige. She's FaceTiming her chicken, Craig. And apparently, guys, Craig wants to buy a racehorse. Thankfully, he has Paige who stops him from making stupid decisions like this because apparently he also tried to buy a soccer team. And she just straight up tells Craig that she's not marrying a broke man. And from then, I guess, Craig is like, okay. But the way that Craig was laughing after Paige told him no makes me feel like that he enjoys working up Paige or making her feel like he's about to make a stupid decision because he likes her stopping him from it. I think that's that's his love language, is getting Paige to put him in his place at times. And so Lindsay does call Gabby to kind of get an update on everyone and how the Hamptons is going. And Gabby just kind of tells Lindsay that, oh, we're having a great time. It's wonderful. There's been no problems. And, and she kind of insinuates like, you know, who's missing Lindsay? There is someone missing that I feel like they're the cause of all this problem. And Lindsay looks at her like, um, it's only me and Carl who are missing. And Gabby, I feel like just didn't, it didn't click with her because she kept going. It's just so funny and the vibes are different. I wish you could see how different it is. And Lindsay's like, bro, what are you doing? Shut up. I feel like they would have talked about it after Gabby had come back. But Danielle lets us know that her and Lindsay start fresh with boundaries though 
put in place and she wants to see where it takes them. So, I mean, we know that they could have reconciled or that they've reconciled by now because it's been all over social media and, you know, since the breakup with Carl. But I'm really interested to see how this actually plays out throughout the season and how they reach that level of, I guess, amends and closeness. So that's going to be really interesting to see. And I'm really glad that they keep Danielle as more of a full-time cast member now. But Kyle is trying, is kind of, how do I say it? He's trying to get a vibe from Wes as to what he thinks of Sierra because they have been cozying up to each other. So essentially, Wes realizes another man is still coming into the house and maybe, I feel like he was warned that he's tall. So he doesn't just, he doesn't want to get his hopes up, okay? So he's kind of, he's trying not to make it too obvious to Sierra that he's into her, but he also wants to show her, hey, I'm interested. So maybe no that I'm the one that you should keep your attention on. So I guess we'll see. He wants to just wait and see the feel he gets once, you know, Jesse Solomon enters the house and sees how Sierra meshes with him and how she reacts to him in there. So that's pretty smart on him. He's laying low. He's waiting to see how how the cards fall. And I love how the girls just keep calling Jesse by his full name as if he's this mystery man. But, you know, it's it's different. I mean, they're having this finance guy joining the house. And now, so, you know, they, they build up the anticipation. And finally, Jesse Solomon, this man, I'm t- when he walked in the house, I see why they were hyping him up. He is the height, the face, the voice, the career, his hobbies. He freaking sings. He's vocal jazz. How many other men do you meet? That do vocal jazz and look like that. Oh my God, production did an amazing job here. I really hope like even if, I mean, I don't think they're going to end up being duds, but I really hope these men are going to be brought back. I might be jumping ahead of things. I just, they're both beautiful. beautiful. They did a great job. But uh, let's see here. I mean, he seems... And I don't know yet who he's interested in. Obviously, through the preview, it came clear that it's Paige. But Sierra, Sierra's really looking at him. But he doesn't really seem to be batting an eye when it comes to her. So, you know, we know a bit about Jesse. But actually, no, we're going to know. We're going to know now. Once the 4th of July party starts. So now we get all the friends. They come and all these random people they had invited. And so Jesse comes to sit with the girls, which is... I guess production's way of getting them to ask about his background for us viewers to get a better understanding of him. So he turned 30. He grew up in Chicago. And Amanda just goes on and on with these questions, kind of being aggressive about it. And this is when I feel like Sarah made it a little too obvious she was into him because she goes in to try to defend him and be like, Amanda, why? Like, chill out with the questions, okay? And so we learn that he studied vocal jazz performance in college, which is very different. But apparently his bar mitzvah is what showed him that he has the skills when it comes to singing. So he's a cool, cute, handsome Jewish man living in New York. And I love the sound of that. Uh, We all approve. I think a lot of people approve. I have not seen what people on Reddit have said yet about him. But I would be kind of surprised if they didn't. But it's very obvious he does have douchebag player vibes. Very clear. Like the second you look at this man, you're like, oh, he hasn't been loyal to a single girl in a while. And if he is, it's it would be like the top 1% of beauty in women I feel that he would go for. But, you know, he sings about barbecue sauce in his confessional and I fell on the floor. I think he did it for me. That's it. I was like, I will marry you in one second. And that's dangerous. But this man is a dream and he knows that too, which makes me know that he gets a lot of women and therefore he's the man that I feel like he should never be chased. 
Ladies, this type of man, do not go after him. If he doesn't go after you, do not pursue him. But Kyle pulls Paige to the side because he just wants to vent about Amanda and he explains that she always says things to him and shuts him down and he just doesn't feel like they're functioning well as a team, which is crazy. I mean, you should be doing better as the years go on in marriage. And he's just become so scared of the future with her that I, in my opinion, you should not feel this scared about someone that you're married to. You should maybe feel scared before you get married. But once you get married, you should kind of feel that calmness and peace when you're with someone. So I was really confused by that. I mean, he's getting, you should be more sure the older you get, not more confused. So we see Paige just asking him questions. She's asking him actually valid questions on whether he resents Amanda for not being as 100% as he is. And he does acknowledge that he does feel that way, but he doesn't want to have those negative thoughts. And so Paige explains to us that this has been Amanda's personality from the beginning. And she feels he didn't really realize that before marriage, or he thought maybe it would change once they were married. And so he's struggling with it now with kind of like how they're just polar opposites, I feel. And they they live completely different lifestyles. So Amanda comes in to sit with Sierra and Paige after the conversations ended. And they're just gossiping. And Paige throws out that Jesse reminds them of Carl, which previous old Carl, Carl who was allowed to be their friend. But I mean, come okay, come on, Paige. You know that he doesn't talk to you guys because unless you girls get along with Lindsay, he kind of has no reason to be friends with girls that are not his fiance to begin with. So the fact that you guys are already not really friends with Lindsay, he kind of has no reason to talk to you both. But I love this part when Paige tells the girls that West has more swag than Jesse Solomon. And then Amanda puts it as West knows how to please a girl while Solomon thinks he can, but he's not really hitting the right spot. And then, okay, this bothered me when Amanda threw Kyle under the bus by saying that Kyle finishes before anyone even says anything. Like, Amanda, why would you say that and embarrass your husband in that manner? I just, I would be a little offended by it. But this kind of allows Paige to segue the conversation into the vent session that Kyle had with her and how he was venting to her about his feelings about the relationship and how he wishes Amanda was more 50-50 with him. But this is when we get Amanda giving Paige the biggest eye roll and just lets Paige know that he's full of shit because he kept telling her last night at the carnival rides that he wanted to go on a ride with her. But instead, he went and rode the ride twice with the banana instead and didn't even acknowledge Amanda. So then we understand from Amanda that he only goes off on her when he's stressed with work and he takes it out on his work. He takes out his work frustrations on Amanda. So like, see, this now makes more sense with Amanda being more open. Like I'm seeing it, which just honestly shows me it's not his fault and her fault. They're not compatible. And I feel like they're not really in love with each other at this point in their marriage. I I don't doubt that they love one another, but I don't think they're in love. And, you know, Paige just lets Amanda know that this has led Kyle to being scared of buying a house with Amanda and bringing kids into into their life. And I felt at this moment, Amanda just shut down. And she goes, okay, go, let him be single, let him be single. Because, I mean, he did cheat on her and she still took him back. So she wants them to discuss that instead. So that's where we left off on Summer House. But I will say the preview for this season did not disappoint. I'm really looking forward to it, honestly. Like, it it gave us such a positive vibe to how this season's going to be. It's, like, so much different. It's much more lighter, in my opinion. But let's get into Love is Blind real quick. I only wrote very short notes. We're not going to get into anything detailed or whatever. But I just want to talk about the couples and see if I guess we're aligning on the same page with it. So Chelsea and Jimmy. Okay. 
I just really want to question. I want to. I want to have those people stand up and say who she looked like. Megan Fox. I'm not gonna lie. The top, her eye, like the top of her face, I could see it. The bottom of her face doesn't make sense because you know Megan Fox did shave her chin. But then we get to the honeymoon when they get to the Dominican Republic, and she just keeps wanting him to say, "I love you. I love you." And and what I didn't like about Chelsea is that she manipulated the game in the pods in order for him to choose her, which is gross. Like, I feel like, how do I say it? I feel like she did like Trevor more, but because Chelsea feels that she's always competing with others in the outside world, that she wanted to be the one to win Jimmy. Not because she wanted him, but because he didn't want someone, she didn't want someone like Jess to beat her in this game. So when we met Chelsea's friends, they were really over the top like her. And so I see why Jimmy kind of freaked out in meeting them. And he said, I mean, he even said that they were a lot and he just couldn't move into her place living with people who are like her friends in, in a sense. And he just gets, he starts to get distance with Je- with Chelsea after he ends up seeing Jess's Instagram photos which honestly, it just said it all. I mean, I don't know if he even really wants us to work out or if he's only trying with Chelsea until he gets some sort of green light from just that she wants him and then it'll be easier for him to cut the cord. But even meeting, I was really, I a lot of red flags were risen up when we met Jimmy's friends, which I would have thought would be guys or something. But it's two friends that are girls, which is fine. But they've only been friends for two years. Not even like childhood friends. And I kind of got the sense the friend, oh, I didn't get their names. She was the more on the left. I think she was the the Latina one. I feel like they were friends with benefits or something is going on between them. Something. She seemed really, I don't know. I don't know. The way that she hugged Chelsea. The way that every time Chelsea said something, that friend of Jimmy's was like, yeah, I know. He does that. Yeah, he likes this. No, he wouldn't like doing that. Oh, I know him so well. Yeah, she definitely is into her friend Jimmy. But what else did I want to say on? Oh, yes, with Chelsea and Jimmy before I move on to the next couple. So then we end up seeing during a fight scene with Chelsea and Jimmy where he calls her clingy and then she brings up that they have been having sex. So this is when he stops her and says, no, you're the one who's been initiating it with me. To me, I would stop sleeping with my significant other after that if I was married because that would say that would tell me I'm not into you and I only do it with you when you are the one leading. So I guess we're going to see what happens. He did end up leaving the day before and staying at his own place, but I really believe he ended up meeting up with somebody and I thought it was Jess. And in the preview, they kind of make it seem like maybe he slept with Jess, but I'm starting to believe he slept with one of his best friends that we met. Instead of it being just, I just don't see just putting herself in this predicament and making America hate her for, for that. I don't know. I, we're just gonna have to wait and see before we give just a lot of hate, but just coming back, acting like she's dangling a temptation in front of Jimmy and chill in, in front of Jimmy is like mistress behavior to me. I didn't like it. I lost respect for her there. If you breaks it off with Chelsea and then try, that's fine, but don't try while he's with someone. Okay. That's very gross to me. But in the preview, it does seem that he did end up, like I said, we thought it was just, but now I'm starting to think it was actually his best friend. So Clay and AD. I actually personally like Clay here more than people give him credit for. I mean, he works in tech sales. He owns a lot of Airbnb properties, which also leads me to that argument they had at the end where AD seems like she's a little sketched out with Clay being gone for a while because of his work. I mean, if he owns properties and 
their Airbnbs, I'm assuming they're not going to be in a suburban area that's 15 minutes away from the house. They're most probably going to be in tourist attraction areas where he knows a lot of people go. So he's going to have to constantly drive a few hours away to these, you know, locations to, I guess, settle people down in the Airbnbs. So I don't know. I'm not really getting the vibe that Clay's doing anything sketchy. But what I will say is I did feel Clay was not as sexually attracted to AD when he first saw her coming out. I feel like he's really forcing himself to be into her in that way. I still do believe he likes her and he loves her personality, but he isn't as into her physically. So I don't know. I just feel like he also doesn't really know how AD feels about him because AD is kind of confusing me as well. Sometimes I get the vibe she's into him. Sometimes I get that she just wants to fix him. Or now that she sees what type of lifestyle he lives, she wants that lifestyle he could provide her, but not really Clay in a sense. So, hmm, maybe she just doesn't like who he is now and she wants who he will be. But, you know, when we saw that when he wouldn't come back, no, I already talked about that, but no, right here. So producers really threw me for a loop here when they made us think that Michael was being genuine and only talking to AD. Because it seemed like no one was into him and that he was turning down everyone else. But then come to find out, he was telling, he really was telling Amber and AD the same thing, but he actually ended up really wanting Amber more because he wanted to leave the pods with her. But when AD was kind of confused, he kind of was sh- was giving, like, it's like he wanted AD to reject him so he could get the green light to go for Amber. But we did end up finding out Michael came out and said that he was actually sober the entire time and he lives a very sober life and production wouldn't show any of those conversations he was having. Another note he said was that he actually did not walk out of the pods and that uh, production ends up sounding through speakers that, hey, you have five minutes left in the pod and we're going to cut the cord like you can't hear the person at the end. So he said the second the cord would be cut, he would leave out of the room. Other people might not, but he would. So I really hope he comes on this reunion and we get the full story and we get his side of it because if he doesn't do that, we're going to always just believe this, these tidbits that we saw of him. But let's get to Laura and Jeremiah, Jeremy, Jeremiah and Sarah Ann. I mean, they're a mess. I feel like they're polar opposites. She makes me feel like she cringes at the smallest thing with him. He clearly has OCD with the way that his utensils all match. His place is too, too clean and empty too minimalist and I hate that it looks like a mental hospital I was just confused by how Laura's always kissing up on Jeremy but I felt like anything he did made her cringe and get the ick from him and she was really turned off by him I mean but if freaking Hawaiian shirts turn you off by this guy he's not someone you're into he's not someone you see yourself marrying or else that would be the last thing you would think of his personality is just too much for me I would never be able to handle it if guys making farting noises on my cheeks and stuff I'd be like get away from me. That's just extra energy. Like I'm, I'm really surprised that she didn't feel that, that really intense energy through the pods and wasn't repulsed by it. But you know, when he left their place at 10 45 PM to go to the bar where the cast was hanging out and he met Sarah Ann there, I feel like he left Laura's place there, which insinuated that they had an argument or they had broken it off or they haven't been doing well. So he decided to just go out and they're not really on speaking terms to that extent. So it kind of seemed like they already weren't doing well and they were kind of done. But, you know, so he alleges that he went to the bar and he sat in his car the whole time. And that's when he shared his location with Laura. And he was just sitting in the car talking to Sarah Ann the whole time. I just thought that. What am I doing? So 
Laura was being really smart here. She let him keep talking. She asked questions as if she didn't know. But then she ends it with, no, I saw your location. You were at Sarah Ann's apartment. That was not where the bar was like. She kind of, she went in all in to prove that's not where you were. And then she walks away. And he doesn't say anything because he knows she's right. But what I caught was that, and I saw people on TikTok, right, that he must have shared the location on his phone where he was. And then he forgot on his Apple on his Apple watch to change like the location to stop following him wherever he was going. So Laura obviously was looking at it and she decided to wait till he came back to show him because then the second Laura walks away, he goes and he checks his, his Apple watch and he goes and fixes whatever it is he didn't do the first time. But now we get to Kenneth and Brittany and wow. Okay. A principal at 25 years old. This has to be fake. I don't believe it. I don't believe he's a principal. Not because of anything else, but like, is that real? Like, I if he is, the school would have to be really small, right? For it to work or maybe a small town or something. But I, th- I just thought that Brittany would leave, like, would be the one to leave him. He clearly got over it after it was either here. So I know there's a lot of speculations of him being gay, I guess. But another thing is, I don't think the, I think the conversation with AD made him just realize, oh crap, my family's not really going to realize this. But honestly, stop with the BS. We, I saw online, like, didn't he have a girlfriend or something before leaving? Or he's maybe talking to someone or maybe he has a boyfriend. Same with Jeremy. Jeremy was engaged when he was applying to be on Love is Blind. And then Trevor, oh, why? how did I forget this? Trevor has a whole girlfriend. He was dating her while he was flying to go do Love is Blind. And his ex posted the screenshots on social media where he was telling her he was never going to marry anyone and he just wanted to come on the show for clout and to come back to his girlfriend. So these people are pieces of shit, okay? And so back to Kenneth and Brittany. So this is what bothered me. He wouldn't let go of his phone. And I think maybe he felt that she wasn't that into him, but she played it up and made it, I don't know. I just, sorry, everything about Brittany came off so genuine that I just can't wrap my mind around it. The only thing I could think of is that he felt that she wasn't into him or he tried to make a move once and she still wasn't ready. So that was enough for him to be like, okay, you're not into me like that. I'm fully falling back and not even trying with you at this point. I mean, even when, when she tried to voice the concern that she doesn't feel that craveness towards him, he takes that and runs. He's like, oh, okay, you don't feel that? Okay, we're done. Let's go. Bye. And then while she's crying, he just sits on his phone as she's tearing up. And he calls his quote-unquote brother to pick him up when a lot of people are making jokes online that they think that was his lover or something. But I did feel Kenneth was a bit jealous anytime he did see AD and Clay together. I mean, especially when he pointed out he needed to see how his family would react to a white woman, which is very understandable. I don't blame him. Me as a Middle Eastern, it's... It's really hard for me to fathom being with a white person because it's just the different, the cultural differences, nothing against them. I love my white people. Okay. It just, I grew up with like the food, like the food that we have for breakfast is not the same food that you guys have in a sense, the way we eat, the places we travel, the way I dress, all of that. And I want to share it with someone. And I can't really do that if I'm with a white person or Hispanic or Asian or Indian, like none of those people are going to fit my lifestyle. So that's just how I viewed it. But We didn't see the, you know, when she, I don't know, it's, I will just have to say, we have to wait, I guess, for the reunion to see what Kenneth and Brittany are going to bring out more to light as to what happened. But Johnny and Amy, I mean, they were the most lackluster and boring couple. His personality gives me the ick. 
She doesn't want to be on birth control, which I'm thousand percent on her side because synthetic hormones ruin your body. So girl, please don't give in to getting on birth control. And they're getting married. So I'm really annoyed that he's worried about having a child because if you're married, it sh- you should it shouldn't you know even if you feel like you're not that prepared yet, uh like in in for me I believe that every time you have a child God provides you with a gift or something good happens in your life. Like for example, when my parents every time they had us, my parents would either uh, be approved to buy a house. My dad would get a promotion at work. We'd get a new car. We like new things would come that we were able to do or to advance in our life. And I feel like that's what children are. So he's kind of viewing children as a negative and totally fine. But yeah, those are the little notes and tidbits I had for Love is Blind. I know it wasn't much. It's just, you know, this is a Bravo recap and I don't really have time to sit there and write full in-depth notes of Love is Blind. So I hope that was good for you guys. If there's anything else you'd rather me touch on on Love is Blind, please don't hesitate to let me know and I will be more than happy to go back in there and add some things. But anyways, please don't forget to follow, subscribe, rate, review, leave me so much feedback on the pod on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and follow our Instagram on, follow, what am I saying? Follow our page on Instagram at Let's Face Reality with Bravo. I hope you guys have an amazing, amazing weekend. It's so sunny here in Dallas, so I hope the weather is the same in whatever state you guys are living in. Don't forget to just take care of yourself. Be appreciative. Be happy. And don't let anybody bother you, guys. If anybody tries to make you feel like you're less than, please just sucker punch them in the face and move on with your life. I'm kidding. No. Just ignore them. I don't know. Why am I even sitting here giving advice to people when I'm the last person to be giving advice? Anyways, I'm signing off. Love you guys.